Are you tired of losing your rights and freedoms? The Alberta Prosperity Project has a solution for you. Join the community and learn more at albertaprosperityproject.com. And with you on board, we can achieve freedom and prosperity for all of us. Oh, good morning, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Rebel News Daily Live Stream. I'm your host, Sheila Gunn-Reed, and on Mondays, I host with my friend Adam Sos in Calgary. And before we get into what Adam did for the weekend, what I, the small talk stuff, um, I should let everybody know um, that this live stream today is sponsored by our friends at the Alberta Prosperity Project. And if you want to know a little bit about them, it's really easy. Just go to albertaprosperityproject.com um, where they hope to educate, inform, and inspire and unite Albertans, businesses, and organizations on the rationale and merits of an independent Alberta. So um, I was actually at a APP event a couple of weeks ago at the Whistle Stop Cafe of all places. And um, they do their best to answer those questions about, well, what do we do with the RCMP? And what do we do with our pension plan? So, um, you know, when people say, oh, well, I'm definitely sick of being part of Alberta, they do their best to answer those questions. But my favorite part of what they say on their website is this, is that they aim to heal those who have been so aggrieved mentally, emotionally, and economically by the actions of the uncaring federal and provincial elected officials. Um, And that acknowledges the psychological harm of the lockdowns done to people. I think that's... um, um, exactly something that has been so missed by so many of our, our other politicians. Anyway, now that that's out of the day, out of the way, Adam, how's it going? What'd you get up to this weekend, this beautiful Canada Day long weekend? Yeah, it was fun. I actually went out to the uh, Airdrie Pro Rodeo. Uh, so that nice. was a blast. Saw old friend, uh, Tara Kalnaga, and got to catch some of the action there. Kids had some delicious food. Uh, perfect way to spend Canada Day. Saw lots of rebels out there who I know watch stream. So nice to see you out there. Nice to see you today as well. Um, but yeah, I had a really nice weekend. Spent some time. Uh, got inspired. Did a little bit of roping on our own with the kids. Nice. And uh, yeah, it was really good. How about yourself? Oh, well, I was in Calgary for well most of the weekend, Friday and Saturday for the Alberta Rugby Championships uh, that my daughter was playing in. And then uh, Sunday, you know, mom stuff, farm stuff, uh, groceries and gardening and cutting the grass and all those fun things that actually I like to do. I know people complain about those things, but I'm really good at them. Uh, I make <laughs> those things like a science. I'm really good at it. Um And we should, before we move on, we should uh, wish our American friends, because we have a few of them, a happy Independence Day. Um, They kicked the British out (laughs) and secured freedom for themselves and became, I think, uh, the beacon of hope and freedom and, and liberty in the entire world. Couldn't agree more. Happy Independence Day. Um, Okay, let's get in. Oh, before I get into... The news of the day. I should tell everybody what we're doing here. So this is the Rebel News live stream. We are streaming on YouTube. However, there may come a time during the show where YouTube, we may have to cut the YouTube feed because they're very picky about the things we can and can't say over there. They used to be the, you know, the public square of ideas, and now they're just another censorship platform, like something run by the communists in China. So uh, if we sort of run afoul of their censorship laws, and you don't really need to know what they are. If it's interesting, you probably can't say it on YouTube. Um, we are also <laughs> streaming on Rumble and on uh, Odyssey and on Getter. Now, the beauty of Rumble and, or yes, the beauty of Rumble and Odyssey are that you can support the work that we do completely willingly. So if you send us a paid chat on Rumble, that's a rant. On Odyssey, that's a hyper chat. 
uh, one of the producers will send it to us and we will do our best to answer your question or address your comment live on air. And it's a great way for you to support the work that we do, but also take the show in your own direction. Sometimes you hijack it a little bit, but that's okay because if you paid for it, you get what you pay for. Well, you know, and I really like the interactions. I like that back and forth. It's Me probably too. my favorite part of the show towards the end. And then it, it also really gives us an idea for like future shows. If lots of people are asking about a similar thing, um, yeah. unlike the CBC who shuts off uh, comment sections, we're like, let's chat about it live together now. Um, so do consider if you haven't done it before, maybe it's your first time, uh, give it a shot. Give us one of those paid chats and we can uh, interact with you. Get to know you. Some folks week after week who engage with us. It's really great to get to know them. Uh, yeah. I feel like, feel like we're kind of uh, making friends and having conversations so that's always fun yeah i like it and i like it i like the live streams because they're unscripted we just sort of take the news as it comes at us and we talk about it and we share our opinions and i know it's not mm -hmm. often always for everybody and i know people disagree sometimes with our opinions but that's okay because we're conservatives and it doesn't hurt our feelings if you disagree with us um and at least it's interesting if you want boring you're already paying for the cbc just go watch that you won't get boring here yeah Hundred percent. Now, uh, Adam, what do you want to talk about first? I mean, given that it is Independence Day, we kind of had uh, our Canadian light version of that Canada Day um, last week. No lack of action resulting. As I mentioned, I was having a good old time at the rodeo. Um, you you said you were kind of running around doing some chores, so we were both probably pretty happy. Um, but uh, some people not quite so happy obviously we saw some uh overstepping authorities going after people with chalk and everything but uh why don't we just get into this there's every year there's some group for whatever reason aiming to uh scrap canada day and that we should be so ashamed of who and what we are um so why don't we get into that right away was this year was it vegans <laughs> were the vegans it's, out again i think, I think it's every everybody? child matters again this time ah. It's, uh, yeah, which, uh, it's interesting, like, uh, whenever there's, uh, whenever there's a, a conservative government, uh, and the indigenous issues are being addressed to the same extent, maybe even more, um, th these protests, I don't know, they don't, they don't seem to happen as much. Justin Trudeau's really sort of aggravated people, because for the first few years, they all kind of went away, because Justin Trudeau was in, and that was one of their guys. But I think after however many years it's been of him not really doing anything on these Indigenous issues, um, the folks are starting to become upset. I mean, him kneeling for photo ops and going surfing instead of showing up at some of these things, many of which have turned out to not be entirely true or not be entirely accurate in their reporting um, has certainly uh, soured uh, the taste in some people's mouths when it comes to Justin Trudeau. But uh, very interesting to see this stuff happening, even under a liberal government, which which many of these sort of activists on these issues would likely deem on their side. Um, I can certainly tell you from speaking with Indigenous communities, they don't feel that this government is on their side uh, anymore. And very likely they feel it's even less on their side than previous governments. Um, so yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I, I think that it is just popular right now to be contrarian and not contrarian in a sort of sensible holding the government to account opposition sort of position, but just contrarian in a um, everything that Canada stands for, we should be opposed to. Um, generally, these people, if you ask them what specific concerns they have or what is it, um, they might say one or two talking points, but as we saw, uh, they don't actually have any sort of critical insight as to what needs to be changed or what was done or what should be done. Um, it's just a general, I'm opposed to Canada sentiment. 
Well, that's exactly what it is. So I'm reading this article from uh, CKOM. It's out of Saskatchewan. Uh, group aims to cancel Canada Day celebrations in Saskatoon. Thousands of people, at least they put this into context. Thousands yeah. of people enjoyed Canada's 155th birthday on Friday, but not everyone felt like celebrating. An Indigenous-led group called Choke Cherry Studios hosted a cancel Canada Day event in downtown Saskatoon at Kiwanis Memorial Park. The purpose of wanting to cancel Canada's anniversary is to help raise more awareness for the missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls and two-spirited. By the way, missing and murdered Indigenous men by and large outweigh missing and murdered Indigenous everybody else by and large. But we have no focus on missing and murdered Indigenous men, even though they are way more of a missing and murdered Indigenous group. But the feminists have hijacked this too. Um, and to raise awareness about Indigenous children that were affected by past residential school experiences. At least they didn't say mass graves, because as we know, that's no. not exactly the case. Um, this um, busybody says, Canada, Cancel Canada Day is to bring the community together. What? Anyway, um, mm -hmm. Canada Day is celebrating genocide on land that basically tried to eradicate our Indigenous people. It's unfortunate. I feel like people here really don't understand the context context as much. People that do celebrate Canada Day, they don't recognize what they're actually celebrating. Yeah, I don't and think then this she says, understands the context, but yeah, and they go on to say that even the the fireworks bother them. So, um, you know, Canada is a big, diverse country, and Canada Day means different things to different people. But can we just let everybody alone? Like, if you yeah. want to cancel it, fine. If you don't and you want to celebrate it, that's fine, too. But I'm just so sick of this nonsense. Like, those, we showed some viz of the vegan protesters down on Parliament Hill. So if you were a Canada Day reveler, as I was calling them in all my written articles over the weekend, or if you went down there with an F Trudeau sign, you cannot get anywhere near Parliament Hill. It was like no. airport security that actually works. Um and but if you were like a vegan activist, the police escorted those people up to Parliament Hill. There was no problem with their signage, no problem with their anti-protein uh, signs. That was all fine. And they could get as close to Parliament Hill as possible. But if you were wearing a shirt that said Free Tamara Lich, by the way, or Free Tamara Leach, I should start saying her pro name properly, um, you can get anywhere near Parliament Hill. And this <laughs> is the stuff that, this is the stuff I hate. Like, just, it's a Canada Day. It's a day for everybody. And does yeah. this country have warts? Yeah, I feel like more than ever. But if people want to celebrate being Canadian, shut up and let them celebrate. Well, and this is the thing is all of these, they're so like, and I, I just want to clarify the follow up to this will explain what I'm saying, but this sort of cancel Canada Day thing in light of what happened in Indigenous schools is meaningless because it doesn't do anything to address the ongoing yeah. plights of Indigenous communities. What they want is division sewed over issues that aren't actionable items. So arbitrary people with signs about the climate, they get a direct escort right up there because there's no tangible action that can come from it. It's exclusively virtue signaling. These people saying, let's cancel Canada Day with no sort of basis whatsoever in reference to something that happened a long time ago. Well, not that long ago. Keep in mind that unless this was under Justin Trudeau's own dad, um, but not all that long ago. But there, there's so many 
fundamental issues. And I think people very often out there are sick and tired about hearing about Indigenous issues. And it's because we're focused on all these things in the past that we can't address and people just want us to feel bad for. Instead of saying, this is stuff that's happening to Indigenous communities right now. I think there should be protests every week on Indigenous matters like there were against COVID-19 mandates because there are massive critical infrastructure issues. People are suffering, kids can't have baths and nobody seems to care. But these activist groups who don't care about indigenous communities, this is just virtue signaling. They don't care at all because they would be allocating their resources to ensuring kids could have baths without their skin burning or people could drink water without bringing in potable water on trucks. These people, they don't care about any of those underlying issues. The same way that these climate alarmists, they know there's no actionable items there other than paying more taxes. But if you come forward, if you're one of the protesters who's, say, blocking Trudeau's bus because you want uh, fair treatment or justice for Indigenous communities, if you're people going up to Parliament saying, hey, you know what? These COVID-19 mandates and these travel bans are unconstitutional. If you're one of those people, well, then you get ejected and evicted immediately. Um, I'm with you 100%. On this aimless virtue signaling it needs to come to an end let's focus on some real issues we can do something on yeah yeah Uh, when was justin justin trudeau supposed to end the boil water advisories years ago years ago he campaigned on it well i think some people did some people voted for him because he was going to be the great white savior is how he painted himself to be and you know he campaigned on that in 2014 2015 here we are what seven years later Boil water advisories still happening, crooked companies taking contracts to repair and restructure and rebuild and retrofit water treatment facilities that never get fixed because that ends the gravy train if you actually fix something. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. And instead of actually doing something and looking for accountability, we've get we get Cancel Canada Day. Great. And it's literally like not to not to be the guy to say this typically but this is active racism we're literally we literally aren't addressing a massive issue that wouldn't fly in white communities because it's happening in indigenous communities it's just going on the sim it doesn't matter how remote how rural whatever it may be these same issues wouldn't happen in white communities plain and simple and that's because justin trudeau doesn't really care about these communities uh he, yep. he thinks of them as a lower class and he only uses them when they're a token uh, to be used to his advantage um I don't know if there's any uh, clips we want to jump to from that uh, with the audio as well, or if we want to talk about some more glaring double standards and aimless um, virtue yeah. signaling. Sure, let's talk about James Todd because I'm also old enough to remember when the Liberals said that they are going to take care of Canada's veterans until such time as they were asking for more than the Liberals could give. And James Top yeah. was just asking to be heard. James Top is a veteran who walked all the way from, well, basically Vancouver, all the way to Ottawa. He went on foot. Um, And he's in trouble for some of the statements that he made while wearing his uniform, which he earned and served in, um, about lockdowns. And so he's facing uh, charges, conduct charges under that. But he walked all the way there. And instead of being met with, um, you know, a politician or two from the liberal government who says, boy, you walked all the way here. You might, maybe we should 
just give you the courtesy of pretending to listen to you? No. Instead, he's met with protesters and called a fascist. Um, on the flip side, though, there were thousands of people who were in the uh, park there to meet him at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And he wept as he put his hand on the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Um, because I think the deal is, when you sign up to be in the military, that that could be you in that tomb. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, just the absolute disgrace of both the people who protested him, called him a fascist, said he uh, is a traitor to his country because he walked across the country for freedom and to be heard. Um, and the fact that he wasn't met by a single liberal politician, it's just disgusting. But I also think yeah. it's interesting that many of these protesters who showed up to be counter protesters to him we're saying that he's a disgrace to the uniform. These are the same people who would call anybody wearing our uniform baby killers and war criminals. Yeah, yeah 100%. And I mean, it, it, this story is incredible. I remember I, I was looking back and I shared the, in case you missed it, um, after yeah. uh, Top already walked all the way from Vancouver to Calgary, which most of us could never, ever do. We just could, we could yeah. not walk that distance ever, period. It would never happen. So, and I look back at that and that was two months ago two months ago and he's been walking that entire time since already having walked from vancouver to calgary um he he didn't make the comparison or necessarily want to make the comparison he certainly said that he was inspired by but i mean this guy is the sort of terry fox of the anti-mandates yeah. movement plain and simple i'm gonna say it outright because this guy he saw something fundamentally wrong um he, he saw something fundamentally contrary to his mission statement to protect Canadians, to stand up for truth, justice, to do all those things that he sort of often soldiers have as the at the core of their person that inspires them to get involved in the service. Um, and he saw that violated in a fundamental way. And he was very clear. He, his message was always very sort of like, uh, and mandates justice, uh, rest restoring Canada. He wasn't yes. out there with an extreme opinion. And also you'll notice, while he might've given the occasional brief speech, he was leading by example. He was marching yeah. and he was kneeling um, and he was saying, listen, he's just trying to bring attention to Canada needs to get back to what it's all about. He is about as straight laced and upstanding a citizen as you can imagine saying something almost impossible when i interviewed him looking him in the eye you knew he was going to finish this walk but it almost seems like well at some point something's going to happen like no one's really going to walk across canada to protest this this is unthinkable it seems almost impossible well this man did it and i think at the very least any sensible government would have had an official out saying we don't necessarily agree with Mr. Top's perspectives or opinions, but the fact that he walked across this country in an effort to some sort of generic political statement about how this guy clearly is doing this on some strong convictions, but no, nothing, just vilification and likely organized protests there um, to try and make this a negative thing. Well, that black and white picture, I don't know if you've seen it with him touching the tomb, that initial shot, yeah. um, that is going to be in the history books for this country, right along with some of the coots and uh, Ottawa blockade stuff that we saw. Um, this is the stuff of history. And I think it's very interesting because Canada, as we know, is a very young country. We can attest to that with Canada Day mm -hmm. uh, just passing here. But we don't have the big uh, castle battles and the history that you see when you're in Europe 
or even if you're in uh, the Holy Land, wherever you may be, we don't have that lengthy history. We're very much writing the early stages of our history and determining the course of the country moving forward. Unlike our friends to the South, we asked for our freedom, we didn't take it. Um, so these are the sort of early stages of when Canada demands her freedom, both from within and without. So uh, uh, looking forward to seeing that hit, that picture in the history books when I'm telling my uh, grandkids about uh, about Canada's history and, and the moment in time or the moments in time there we look are when we affirmed but look at that and like all the veterans give you, around like look at yeah. all the veterans behind yeah if that doesn't give you chills that is the stuff of history and for the liberal politicians out there who don't see this and understand that they've been wrong who don't have that are have we been the baddies moment the same yeah lunatics who are saying now we have to get vaccinated every nine months which we'll talk about uh probably off youtube but for them not to see this and be like maybe we're wrong you know i think they know they're wrong at this point i think the threshold's been crossed yeah. um I, th I think for a little while we could excuse some people for going along with it um but but the threshold's been crossed the writing is now on the wall the line is in the sand um and you're picking your your side and frankly i want to talk about this a little bit Let's look at the sides that there are to pick here. Clearly, as conservatives, we don't block people in together. We're more for leaving people alone. But there's a general, there, which side are you on? Are you the side of James Top walking across the country? Are you at the side of leave people alone? Are you at the side of, on the side of keeping life affordable? Are you on the side of individual freedoms? Or are you on the side of uh, restrictions, vaccine mandates, drag queen shows for in libraries for kids like there, there's a pretty clear line in the sand being drawn yeah. here and and i think for anyone who's looking at it with an open mind or with a critical lens if you fall down and lots of people do i've got friends who do they 100 fall down on the uh everyone should be forced to be vaccinated and drag queen shows in libraries are absolutely fine and there's no such thing as gender side of the conversation how yeah. we got to this point I don't understand because in 2004, that would have been ridiculous. Now it's what yep. sensible mainstream people actually believe. We've lost the plot. We've got people, and before we get into the drag queen thing that mm -hmm. horrified me over the weekend, but we have people in the mainstream conservative movement who are agreeing with this question. What's the harm in exposing little ch children to this? We've got people in the mainstream conservative movement who are asking that same question, which I think is insane. Um, but before we move on from James Top, this is what he said, by the way. So when you hear these words, realize that this man is being vilified by the mainstream media, basically the entire institutional left and uh, liberal politicians. He says, I've met thousands of people in my journey from Vancouver to Ottawa, and a lot of them have lost hope. They feel lost. They're angry. They lost faith in the system. We've already started something. Heed the call, assemble, organize yourselves, plan. What's the answer? Nonviolence, peace. That could have come from Gandhi. <laughs> but yeah. instead, this is a man that they're calling a fascist every single day. By the way, this goes to my constant point. And if you're a regular viewer of the live stream, you know that I say this all the time. James Top is the kind of guy that you want in management. You want this guy to be the upper brass. 
in the military because he's ethical. He's self-sacrificing. He's willing to do for other people. And he did not bend to pressure when he knew the thing they were asking him to do was wrong. Those are the people you want in all the top management of all of our institutions, in academia, in policing, in the military, in, in government, in battle, in the bureaucracy. All those institutions that, in the legal system, in you want this guy as a judge presiding on other cases. All those institutions that failed during the pandemic for the normal people, it's because they purge people like James Top out of them. And so we are going to have a huge problem in the very near future in all those public institutions because we chased the moral and ethical objectors out of it and then moved up and promoted the go-along-to-get-along worker drones who will do whatever their bosses tell them to do, even if they know it's wrong. So, well, again, the world is in for a very tough time in the very near future. And not the very near future already. Like the reason oh, sure. that there are thousands of bags at Pearson piled up is because the critical problem solving people who are like, how are we going to deal with a sudden emergence of, of new traffic and new travelers, those people. And it's not only the fact that like 15, 20%, whatever it is of their labor force is gone. It's that the best of their labor force, the is critical also gone. thinkers, the critical the thinkers critical who thinkers. stood on principle. That's why yeah. you're waiting three days because of canceled flights or whatever, or six hours. Look at this. All mayhem. Of, yeah. And this is happening. My daughter's luggage is in there somewhere, by the way. Yeah. Like <laughs> my it's, daughter's it's luggage chaos. has been there for two weeks. Yeah. yeah. And this is a direct consequence. And uh, I, I, I'll have an interview coming up this week with a WestJet employee who's part of a group of 100 people who are sort of finally taking a stand. But I asked him, and he's a, a pilot who used to train people, how much that directly corresponds to these people being gone. And he said it's undeniable and overwhelming. The reason that these issues are happening, and they're happening everywhere. They're happening in passport offices. You're going to see it across the board. It's categorically Justin Trudeau's inept government, the fish rotting from the head, things falling apart, but just getting rid of even 5% of your critical thinkers, your top employees, often people who've been with the company for 20 years. Also, I mean, the fact that they got rid of people and they're not paying them pensions who were there for a long time. They they evicted a bunch of Do you sort see of a single people. airport worker doing anything no. about this luggage, by the way? Nothing. No. It's Nothing. all they know how to do is pull it off the belt and pile it up. Yeah. That's all they're doing. A robot could do that. And this Where is going to be society. Thinkers? Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be for until a new government comes in, hopefully with competent leadership and significantly changes things. But I mean, this is, I'm not talking about things are going to be better in four years. Like this is a decade. It's going to be a decade to recover from this categorical uh, ineptness, extremely troubling stuff to say the very least. Um, but yeah. Wild. Um, now, there's a couple of angles we can go now. We can talk about um, some of the other environmental protests and what happened at F1. But I think on the theme of people fed up with their governments and taking a stance, um, we can hop uh, perhaps to the, the tractor protests that are unfolding, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Do we have some Let's roll some clips. Tractor protests? Yeah, let's roll some clips for people. I mean, it's it's incredible. We talked about Canadian history sort of unfolding before us and us being a young country. Well, the trucker protests, the blockades that we saw here, they were emulated around the world. We saw them in Pakistan. We saw them in Australia. We saw them in the United States. Yeah. Um, and now the, the Netherlands has taken it to another level altogether with their protests. Um, let's roll um, some of these clips. 
Yeah, this is crazy. I'm so proud, but this reminds me of exactly the images we saw coming out of Coots mm -hmm. with the the tractors blocking the road uh, and uh Yeah, there's, there's more of the boats, but oh, the boat. blocking r right across the uh, road there with the tractors. Again, those machines, um, short of tanks or mega tractors, not movable, uh, especially if they park certain ways, as Sheila can attest, um, you're going to have a very, very hard time to get those things out if they don't want to go. Um, oh, it, you but, know, and, like these, these people in Amsterdam and in the Netherlands, they are ill-equipped to, to deal with equipment of this size. You know, in Alberta, you might be able, although I think you would have a very difficult time approaching 0% to inspire a rig move company to come move somebody's tractor when they're protesting the government. Um, yeah. We do have a little bit more of the heavy haul equipment that could deal with this stuff because we are yeah. a, a province that, you know, has heavy industry and, and we can do that sort of stuff. But it's a little bit different here. I don't think they have bed trucks to move drilling rigs here and picker trucks yeah. to do that kind of stuff available everywhere like you have in Alberta. And so yeah. just so people understand what this is about, the farmers are blocking infrastructure, critical infrastructure. It's illegal here. It's probably illegal there too. Um, because they are protesting government laws that require them to use less fertilizer. So these price takers, they don't set the price. Farmers don't set the price of anything, but the government is going to ask them to use less fertilizer, which will um, force them into lower yields, which means they earn less money. And these tractors that you're seeing here, some of the fancier, newer ones, you're approaching like three quarters of a million dollars and you basically work all year just to make your tractor payments. Um, and so they also want them for climate reasons to reduce their livestock and they're just mandating this they're basically closing yeah. farms to meet climate targets so they're decimating their lives what are they going to do with this equipment what are they going to do with the land they're making payments on and outside of say you don't care about farmers you don't care about farmers you eat groceries and so when there are fewer things on the market uh, lack of supply will drive up the cost of food to the consumer and so when you are reducing farmers yields because you are limiting their ability to use inputs that increase their yield. That makes everything more expensive. When you're taking hogs off the market, it makes your bacon more expensive. Yeah. And so these farmers are out there protesting for their livelihood, but also for the Dutch consumer. And uh, they're all over the place. They're blocking the airports. They're blocking the ports. Like I would not, I would not take that equipment across that little bridge. Never, <laughs> but they are. And this is, Sort of, I, I saw images like this in Edmonton at the legislature yeah. when the farmers brought their tractors to protest Bill 6, when they uh, did it as part of the anti-lockdown convoys. Uh, this is inspiring to see. And I think you can draw a straight line from Alberta to these protests in the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, yeah. These are our tactics. And 100, it's incredible. Like, I mean, for all the people out there who are salty um, about the truckers and are hashtagging free dumb convoy, which is mostly bots, and I don't believe it. As I said, Canada Day just passed. And I think Canada can be extremely proud because you see Canadian flags at these protests. 
Like the, 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 those people yeah. started a global movement of enough is enough and we are sick of this. And I want to remind, remind people out there, I've been doing a lot of stuff about sort of local food lately. We did our Free the Beef campaign, which was a big success. Um, we went out to ranches. We went out to the Bison Ranch, all that sort of good stuff. Also, uh, that video is sponsored by our friends at the Alberta Prosperity Project. But it's incredible to reconnect with people where their food comes from because sorry to break it to you if you don't care about farmers the farmers can lock stuff down and they'll be just fine you won't yeah the farmers can yeah. live without you they can block down the roads lock off their land and live for 20 years the rest yeah. of society well, will starve within yeah and what's the so, difference so the to the farmers when you're telling them they have to close their farm okay fine don't threaten me with a good time i will yeah. but i'll yeah. be fine you won't yeah Six, like within six months, everyone else goes hungry and the farmers live off their, their, their shares. And this is what you threaten the people who are the building blocks of society. And I know for the people, we talked about the two sides, the sort of freedom side and then the control side. The control side, you don't take, you think you can take on farmers while having your drag queen shows in libraries, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you think you can take on the farmers, you don't win. Because eventually yep. all the people get hungry and then they're on the side of the farmers and the farmers win. But in, in the short term, the farmers can block everything down. Albertans without the necessi necessarily the full farm equipment just blocked off a small town in a road and they, they would have been fine in an ongoing fashion until they decided to leave. These farmers, they can hold out for years while their grocery shops run look empty. At look at that. Like, look at and you, that. And you got to know that maybe only... 25% of the people in the crowd are even remotely connected to agriculture. This is everybody yeah. else supporting them in their fight against the government. Yeah. I was just reading some more about this. They want to uh, reduce nitrogen emissions. Um, so they want reductions are necessary in emission necessary. I'm reading the government's words. I don't think they're necessary, but reductions are necessary in emissions of nitrogen oxides from farm animal manure and from the use of ammonia in fertilizer, the government says estimating a 30% reduction in the number of livestock in the Netherlands. 30%. You're asking these folks who feed you to just say, okay, well, you're just going to have to do without 30% of your income. Figure it out. And it's, then what does that do to crickets. the price of food? Yeah, they do. Yeah. This yeah, and I I've got I'm working on a story right now that I think will be shocking to people. Uh, again, we had that win on the free the beef ground beef labeling, uh, but the attack on uh, sort of ranching and agriculture, pork beef, all of that is well underway. We see it here in the Netherlands. People standing up. It is going to come here next. Um, and, and some of the stuff I'm reading and I'm investigating, so I don't want to get into it too much, but it's very, very troubling. Um, I think the next front we may very well see, and we've talked about this before, but um, the mandates forcing people to do something clearly didn't work. So they're, they, they're going to be taking these alternative measures like we're trying, we're seeing the government in the Netherlands try to do where they make, they're not forcing you to get a vaccine maybe, but they're making it so unaffordable to eat meat that maybe you start consuming crickets and they're making it so unaffordable to go on vacations that maybe you just stay home and get a vr headset you just well. lock yourself down 
Yeah, maybe just and they're making it. Down. They're making it so everyone has to buy electric vehicles they can't buy and only have 200 kilometers of range in the winter or less. Um, so you really can't go anywhere. So eventually you become stuck at home eating crickets and the World Economic Forum gets their way. And that may sound conspiratorial, but it, it just simply isn't. People still need to eat. Populations are growing. This government, other governments are trying to cut back livestock because of global warming. As the world's population grows, you expect more emissions. That's what happens when people come into existence, reducing emissions while more people are populating the earth. That means there's a general reduction in quality of life, unless you're able to make significant leaps for it in technology. But that has to happen naturally. That has to happen organically. Because when you try and force it and it isn't ready yet, you have everyone is starving to death like you did in the uh, Leap Forward Manifesto in China. Um, you can't rush these things. They will emerge naturally. And when things make sense on the market, when I can slap a solar panel on my roof that works throughout the year and is efficient and I don't have to pay the government for yep. electricity, that's just everyone will have one automatically. But we're not there yet. It's not practical. So we can't force this on people. Um, speaking and of don't get me started don't get me started on my DHA B12 conspiracies because when I see yeah. this I see okay so you're taking 30% of the two chemicals that you need for human consciousness right off the market just like that yeah. and yeah. you're making it expensive so that the only people who can afford meat are the wealthy, which makes this worker subclass of drones who are malnourished and who are not able to think clearly because you've taken the two uh, very important components of consciousness right off the market for them. You've priced them out of DHA yeah. and B12. And again, if that, if that if that does sound kooky, and don't get me wrong there, I've, I've got an interview coming up today with Clay Clark, um, and I don't necessarily agree with everything that we discussed in that interview, but you can look at Yuval Noah Harari, and I know uh, the uh. Exposed Reset's going to get into this at length. He literally talks about this useless class that we're going to have to dope up and get them on video games because we're going to exclude them in so from society. He calls them um, useless and, eaters. Yeah, useless eaters. Useless eaters. Yeah, use, useless bums, useless people. Um, th th this is one of the key agents of the Great Reset, which, by the way, is 50% of the Liberal cabinet. Um, the World Economic Forum infiltrated. Klushwab. The the things that are very evidently not conspiratorial anymore and are self-evident and are published and, and can be evidenced by anybody remotely interested are shocking. So for, from what you said there, that's that's pretty pretty agreeable i think based on the evidence of everything that is crazy. out there i know it sounds yeah. crazy i realize i sound crazy mm -hmm. but if you could find a, a way to uh make people more pliable and if you told them that you were cutting meat out of their diet for climate reasons and you've scared these people for two generations about the end of the world because of climate change. And all you had to do was stop eating meat and you would make a real difference in saving the planet and the benefit for the elite and more class. Vaxes, that, but yeah. yeah, and the benefit for the elite class was that you had people malnourished and not thinking clearly. Um, I, I know it sounds crazy, but uh, this really this anti-meat agenda really frightens me because um, it does it makes people um, it, it again it's just another way to purge critical thinkers from society. Well, and speaking of purging critical thinkers, I do want to. This is this is one of those sort of conspiracies. Like governments around the world, including our own, are rushing to have only electric vehicles by 2035, 2050, whatever it may be. Twenty thirty-five, I think. 
our grid literally cannot handle Can't that amount of electricity. <laughs> not even close. Like we, it, that is that is not a feasible plan within the next two hundred years. The entire yeah. grids would have to be completely restructured. And eventually, if we do have renewable electricity, great, let's do that. Let's restructure our grids. Everyone can have cars that go from zero to 60 in two seconds. That sounds really fun to me. And they can drive themselves and be way more efficient and we'd have less gridlock. Again, leap forward manifesto. We are nowhere close to that. <laughs> yeah. Not even close. But why is it that the government wants to phase out affordable cars and have us all only able cars to drive are, cars? Cars are freedom. Yeah, They're freedom. Exactly. But you can't bug out in a car that can only go 300 kilometers and has to be on the grid. You can't disappear into McLean Creek with your 328, whatever, you know, what I, like I, your 338 yeah. lap or whatever. You can't do that in a Tesla. Um, even a Cybertruck only goes 400 kilometers. Like they don't want yeah. you able to disappear, get off the grid. They want you locked into the system. And from a practical perspective, this stuff is all run on coal here. Eventually, right. <laughs> it may be run on renewables, but what we're talking about is forcing everyone to drive coal-powered cars that right. maybe are worse for the environment. Like this, it's just- uh, a, I don't know. I like coal. I just don't like the virtue yeah. signaling um, of yeah. the environmentalists. And I was talking to Michelle Sterling about this the other day, and she said, um, David Suzuki is telling everybody that they have to get on electric cars. We don't have the grid to support everybody getting on electric cars by 2035. So we're going to have rolling brownouts. But secondarily, David Suzuki's also protesting stuff like Site C Dam, which <laughs> would produce hydroelectricity for his stupid cars that nobody's buying. Then they can't yeah. square the circle that you guys are the problem here. Anyway. Well, and not, not one of these clowns is actually like living a sustainable, normal life. They're all no. jet-setting millionaires. It, it, the glaring hypocrisy amidst all of them is so painful. Like it's David like stop. Suzuki has a house in Australia. His yeah. commute is a circumnavigation of the earth. And he's he telling and yeah. and he has five kids and he's saying there's too many people on the face of the earth. And he has a beachfront property. And I'm like, you're telling me the oceans are rising. When you stop living off the beach, I might believe that your beliefs are sincere. They aren't. It it, no, and it's, it's, it's this class of people. I mean, this is a segue into our next story that I was getting to with the cars. Yeah. Um, yeah. We talk about these absurd clowns, uh, particularly the, the F1 millionaires. Lewis Hamilton has come out in support of protesters blocking the race, which, by the way, on like a fundamental level, endorsing that. Uh, we, we had the other gentleman, the other Heavy F1 danger. driver. Um, Vital. And saying, yeah saying, oh, this is great, and it's really good that they're doing this. He's sponsored by a, a Saudi or Russian oil company. Like, Saudi, he's Aramco, sponsored, the Saudi Aramco. Largest, sorry, the world's most profitable company by market cap, yeah. depending on the day. It's like Apple yeah. and Aramco, Apple and Ramco. So sponsored by Massive Oil, he's like, this is good. I'm in favor of this. And then lo and behold, not much later, these protesters block the road. They would just evaporate if they were hit by an F1 car. It's wildly dangerous to them and the drivers. Yeah. And I joked earlier, after the cars piled up, the carbon emissions off their burning corpses would be a significant de detriment to the, the nature as we know it. But that, that's a bit of a glib joke. But the fact is, Lewis Hamilton is worth $285 million. He travels US. all all around the US. US. Those are US Travels dollars. I looked into all it. around the world on jets. They they move the cars with them. This is a massive undertaking. He he literally puts out in in a month more emissions than I will in my entire life at all period. 
And he's like, oh, well, once I found out what they're about, I supported them. One, it's incredibly dangerous. Two, F1 drivers backing and supporting environmentalism. It's absurd. It's it's so counterintuitive. Like the amount of emissions that this. Yeah. He's made in excess of $300 million Canadian driving in a circle, but sometimes they squiggle a little bit for a living. And I'm not saying that that's not skill. I'm saying that's hypocrisy for him to protest um, climate change or support climate change activists. But these cars are going 190 kilometers an hour on a track and you are supporting protesters breaching the track by the way where's security they're breaching the track getting close to the track if you didn't turn a protester into a hamburger they could have caused yeah they could have caused a multi-car pile up which would just be carnage on the track Um, and he's saying well you know Good for them. What did he say here? His words were crazy. I did some digging around on Lewis Hamilton because I used to watch F1 racing. And then I just sort of, it was part of my mission to tune out of the culture and only embrace things where it's okay to be like openly conservative or openly Christian. So, you know, like rodeo and NASCAR, although NASCAR is losing me these days. Um, He said, I don't, I didn't know what the protesters were for. So I only just found out. I just said, big up. The protesters, I love that people are fighting for the planet, so we need more people like them. Psychotic. Yeah. The, you know what's funny? The underlying thing there is like, oh, I didn't come out in support of this right away because I didn't know it was environmentalism. Clearly, I've always been in support of this. Um, the, the, the juxtaposition here between this and we also saw those, those climate protesters escorted up to... Uh, Ottawa to the legislature there's this glaring sort of double standard and and juxtaposition that's just so laughable because you can see people protesting real things if this was someone coming out there protesting say for the farmers in the Netherlands they would be tackled brutalized arrested charged and they'd go to jail for a very long time these people because probably they're in the pockets of some sort of global influencers some activists they're probably going to face minimal consequences we see these illegal type blockades and protests from environmentalists all the time and there never seems to be consequences or minimal consequences meanwhile if you're a pastor in alberta who shows up and preaches for 30 minutes at one of these uh freedom-oriented blockades well then you go to jail for 51 days and yeah i hope they treat the chuck wagon protesters because every single year there's some maniac who chains himself to the rail at the stampede i hope they treat them with the same kindness as they do pastors in alberta who just want to preach um i dug down a little bit on uh hamilton here so naturally, he's BLM. Like every left-wing movement, he's completely endorsed. He took a knee. He put BLM stuff on his um, racing suit, which you're not allowed to do. You're not allowed to put pre-approved stuff on there. So um, he's spoken out against um, anti-LGBT laws in Hungary. Um, and he said he's upset about, I don't know, human rights in Bahrain, but the entire sport of F1 is sponsored by Aramco, a Saudi Mm -hmm. company. And he hasn't said a single thing about how they treat sexual minorities there. Um, Environmentalism and human rights. So um, I didn't check out his, uh, his social media, but they say he uh, urges China to reclassify dogs as pets instead of livestock. Um, Although, 
maybe they should. What about the Uyghurs? I was going to say you should maybe consider um, speaking out against the Chinese government treating the Falun Gong as parts cars for Chinese um, bureaucrats and officials because that's what they do. They literally treat them as a parts car. You you need a liver? Oh, just go get one from a Falun Gong. It's fine. Um, But he didn't say he's more worried about dogs, which I mean, I like my dog just fine. But my dog is not a person, and that's where I am on this. Um, he gave money this to another the... one of those two sides. Which side are you yeah. on? The yeah. dogs are more important than people, drag queen library, uh, yeah. ma- mandatory ma- mandates, or common sense. Yeah. Um, he also asked Mercedes Benz to swap the leather out of the company's models worldwide. He said he's trying to push for sustainability. Um, and be more conscious. Mercedes-Benz is a huge organization. Um, and so he wants to get rid of all the leathers mm-hmm. in a Mer- in Mercedes-Benz vehicle. So you're going to get pleather, like a, I don't know, like a Dodge Cobalt. Um, <laughs> like, what, like what is, the, you don't buy a Benz so that you can drive around on vinyl anyway. Um, also, he How said- How long would it uh, take us to find him in a leather jacket? Oh, for sure. For sure. He says, I don't allow uh, plastics in his office. I want everything (laughs) to be recyclable right down to the deodorant, down to the toothbrush. I'm trying to make as much change as I can in my personal space. Well, it's easy to buy the very expensive, uh, like, bamboo toothbrush when you're worth 300 plus, like, a third of a billion dollars Canadian. Um, Oh, this is very touching. Good move, buddy. Now I know you're serious. I sold my plane over a year ago. I fly a lot less now. I'm trying to fly less through the year. Um, he sold his plane so that, but what does that mean? So you just go first class in a regular plane that you're not really doing anything different, right? Yeah. This guy. That's, wow. Yeah, he's, what a he's hero. Uh, <laughs> I know. He's laughable. And I mean, those, those tire, those tire changes, he must not do tire changes during a race. No, All the rubber no. they're leaving on the, on the, yeah, that's a, that's a no. few straws worth of, uh, of rubber and plastics there, buddy. You're leaving on the track every race, um, glaring hypocrisy. And it's, it's just like, it's just never ending with these guys. You can, you can, you can't even make up a satirical example no. of how backwards and hypocritical these guys are because they've are I, I literally can't think of something more ridiculous than a than a uh, near half billionaire <laughs> f1 driver supporting climate initiatives he especially i mean you know what i can actually fine. someone who's sponsored by haramco <laughs> doing the same thing oh wait that also happened as well yeah he's mad at yeah. hungary for their treatment of lgbtqai issues um, but he hasn't said a word about Saudi Arabia. And that you, 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 you literally look at uh, like Greta Thunberg, um, how dare you, um, about like the United States, which I think has seen a 10% drop in emissions. Not a word, not a word on Thank China you, or India <laughs> or any of these other countries. It's interesting, but yeah. that's not uh, the narrative whatsoever. What is with all these people? Like literally, if you're if you're concerned about the climate, if you're concerned about human rights violations, if you're concerned about LGBTQ treatment, any of these sort of things, literally China 
and and some Middle Eastern countries are basically India as well. Our place is literally still a caste system. Our places you would criticize. None of these people ever criticize those those things. The most glaring no. examples. I mean, literally, I think there's slave markets in where is Libya or I don't know. There, there's, yeah. there's literally slave markets right now. Um, no one ever talks about those issues. They're talking about straws at Starbucks and chalk you know, in the, Ottawa. Yeah. Glenn Beck talks about this all the time because of some of the work that his charity Mercury One does. And the statistic is that more people are in slavery, sexual slavery or indentured servitude now Mm-hmm. Then at all other points of human history combined, combined and nobody talks about it whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, we it. should move along to the other thing that's in the, uh, in the title of the YouTube description today, uh, because yeah. if we don't, we'll get emails, but we're going to actually have to cut the YouTube feed. Maybe. What do you think, Olivia? No, maybe we'll just leave it. I think we're okay if we don't talk about the efficacy, but just the nonsense of it all. Yeah. Okay. We can just state as a statement of fact the changing perspectives of health officials and relay that information accurately to our discerning viewer. And let them make their own mind up because we, I think we have the smartest viewers on the planet. Uh, why? Because they're watching us right now and not suffering through the CBC. So uh, let's throw to the clip of our health minister and his changing definitions about what it means to be fully vaccinated. I guess we don't even use that word anymore. Maybe. It's up to date. It's up to date now. You're always waiting the next update. Software version 1.213. I know. Vaccination. Let me be very clear. Up to date means you've received your last dose in the, na- in the past nine months. Up to date means you've received your last dose in the past nine months. If you've already received a first booster, that's great. And please see if you're eligible for a second or a third booster to remain up to date. But my message today, more specifically, is for those that haven't yet received their first booster. The immunity conferred by a primary series of two doses of vaccines administered in 2021 has now waned. While you might have gotten infected, risk is high. You could get reinfected with all the downfall, including the risk of developing symptoms of long COVID. As health experts and physicians will tell you, it's critical that you go and get the shot that's waiting for you. Yeah. And you notice the language there. It's now the two primary doses. Plus, you should be up to your up to your third booster now if you're eligible. When you have what is it, 400 million doses to 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 sell? Yeah. Getting everyone up to date. Is that five? Nearly 200 million doses. Yeah, five is fully up to date now. If you have not received a booster within the last nine months, you are not up to date. So I don't know. They want to make sure but, someone's pregnant. They get one in there, I think is the, the goal every nine yeah. months to make sure they don't miss a pregnancy window. Well, and it's, I think 
they are trying to make sure that there is absolutely no control group whatsoever by which to judge certain things against from before. And I'm dancing with words here. Um, but again, I, I don't know even if there's scientific consensus and I'm just stating a fact, I'm not questioning anything that long COVID even exists. <laughs> but you know, they're, they're using this long COVID. If you don't get the vaccine, you could get long COVID. Yeah. And there's plenty of people on the other side who say, Long COVID probably doesn't exist, and some of it is psychosomatic because you've scared them. So I don't, I don't know where I fall down on that. Um, I do know that some people do have lingering effects from it, but this scare of long COVID, I'm not sure. People also have lingering effects from other things that are being advised five times. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think yeah. uh, I think we're getting dangerously close to uh, the edge there. Yeah. Um, I, you I know what? Why do everything? Yeah. Should we just quickly talk about the TDF lawyers before we do the chat? Because they yes. were. Let, yeah. we, let's just talk about what they went through a little bit here. So it's so interesting. Yeah, we Obviously, should. we saw the Ottawa police. I just don't want our friends at TDF to be forgotten. Uh, no. The last time in Ottawa, what we saw from the Ottawa Twitter, the police account was, and I, we can say this factually, they lied categorically. Um, repeatedly, yeah. what they tweeted out was the opposite of what there's literally video of them doing like and then if they said oh they, these people started a fire oh no it turns out they didn't oh these people have guns oh it turns out no they didn't oh this lady threw her bike at a horse oh no turns out they threw a horse at a lady um it, it was so concerning that the the democracy fund did have lawyers on the ground uh to ensure that this didn't happen and there was some pretty wild stuff um i know they even brought into uh consideration increased fines including thousand dollar plus fines for writing in chalk which by the way is not illegal you're allowed to write in right. chalk it's not permanent it's one of the standard peaceful modes of protest but they made clear that they didn't want that so the democracy fund they had lawyers on the ground and they actually managed to intervene and help some folks but they wanted to ensure that uh, the police didn't overstep or violate the laws fundamentally which is usually i think the police are normally the ones who are supposed to do that but they, in fact, did so and threatened the lawyers themselves who were on the ground to make sure the police didn't overreach. So some shocking stuff, definitely. Um, yeah. And so we sent the TDF lawyers back there. We don't send them. I, they decide to go. And thank God that they were there. They were our, our team was there with them. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to carry this banner onto Parliament Hill or not even Parliament Hill, just around. Like, look how it's maybe what three millimeters thick and as tall as a human being takes up less space than a human being. And yeah. so Mark Joseph, a TDF lawyer. And I think, um, Adam, one of the other TDF lawyers was there too. And look at, they're just carrying this around. They're letting people know we are here to help. If the police bully you illegally and push you around. And so what did the police do? Come along and bully them and push them around. But luckily, yeah. these, yeah, Adam, Blake Gallipo, um, luckily, they're tangling with some of the best civil liberties lawyers in the country. And so they were, you know, they were able to, as long as they just, listen to how stupid this was. They couldn't really put the sign down. As long as they carried this little sign around, then they wouldn't get in trouble from the police. How dumb is that? Where's the public safety issue there? Like well, the, the the police even enforcing something so stupid is just spiteful. 
and that's the crux of it is these the police are not sort of barring like literally displays of hatred they aren't supposed to be the ideological police they're supposed to be the law police so if for example yeah. they're like we've received credible threats that there might be violence against parliaments so or closing down the hill not that I necessarily believe that that was part of their narrative. You then can't escort a group of protesters after saying we're not allowing protesters or people to go because they're environmentalists. Like you, you how, don't get to just pick and choose who gets access to protest. And how is that sign any more intrusive, obstructive than the couple hundred vegan protesters yeah. marching down the street carrying signs getting a police escort that's fine but two civil liberties lawyers yeah. on canada day telling canadians about their freedoms and to say if you need help we're here that was somehow dangerous to i don't know it crosses you know, the line i guess and this is the crux of it on every single front you can be a lunatic you can and we can show the clip probably when we roll out because we're out of time here but you can be naked during a pride parade in front of children twerking um that's yeah. absolutely fine you can you can protest violently you can block an f1 track you can do all this stuff that's illegal stupid and dangerous but if you dare question the government if you dare show up and preach, if you dare stand on some conviction that is critical of the government and not in line with this maddening agenda, as we talked about this one side that seems to embrace this stuff, if you criticize or question in a credible and thoughtful manner, where well, then you're a persona non grata, public enemy number one, and they're going to make an example of you, they're going to ticket you, they're going to lock you up, they're going to throw you away. We saw it with Tamara Leach, we saw it with Pastor Arthur Pawlowski, we saw it with Chris Scott, we saw it with James Topp, and we're going to see it with people over and over and over again. And those people, it's shocking, because how often is it the people that they're vilifying and making monsters out of and demonizing that they're actually the ones who are clearly and self-evidently and glaringly standing for what's right and true and fundamentally as we kind of celebrate in past Canada Day here standing up for principles that Canadians have held since the onset of this nation the principles that were implemented at the very groundwork of Canada those people are standing for it they're now being vilified they haven't lost the plot politicians like Justin Trudeau and activists that accompany his insane narrative have. Yep. We should get some of these uh, chats because there's a fair, well, there's not a ton, but uh, they're very generous and people have taken their time and their money to send us some chats. So we'll get to those. Maybe we should go out, Olivia, on the horrific, I think it was drag queen. I'm not sure. Uh, images of the little person being led around by someone who is, I don't even want to say scantily clad, arguably yeah. naked, I think is the right word. Um, and again, I don't care if this is drag. I don't care if this is like a biological woman or a transgender person. This is wholly inappropriate for young people. So we'll we'll go out on that. But let's get to some of these chats before we go, because we're already past that top of the hour. Uh, January 777 gives us five bucks. Thank you for the hang on. I just can't see a damn thing. Uh, thank you for the APP mention. Broke. Yeah, thank you for the APP Maybe mention. We might, and... we might have something fun APP related next week too, actually. We'll see. Yes. We're working on it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of things happening in Calgary next week. So uh, we'll yep. see what we get up to. Uh, Fraser uh, gives us five bucks. Please take the time to watch this video. Today, Americans from all around the world celebrate their founding of America. Please don't forget those Americans who paid for your freedom. 
Happy birthday, Americans, the battle hymn of the Republic. And then he says, American patriotic song, battle hymn of the Republic. T. Bozak, 12, 10 bucks. Thank you for the real news. Well, thanks very much. January 777. Thank you, Sheila, for bringing us that pride video last week. That was the one where the person was naked, just helicoptering his wiener around. As I said in the planning meeting, I kind of wish that uh, pride was a winter thing where people would be dressed a little warmer and I wouldn't have to see their nudity. They kept freezing um, at the worst times. Oh, I know. I know. It was the same for me. It was just like the, the screen would freeze at the just full frontal yeah. saggy nudity. These people look like melted candles, by the way. Anyway, that's not the point. Um, not anyways, enough crickets. Uh, not enough crickets. I had no idea. It really affected me and not much does, but this sick, she's opposed. Uh, January 777, uh, one buck. Speaking of jail for a long time, Pat King. You know what? Uh, I get a lot of questions about Pat King. I'm not a fan of Pat King. I don't think he's a fan of me. Um, his people one time tried to kick me off the legislature ground because I think he's a BS artist, largely. Um, but that's not a crime in this country unless you're taking advantage of people for financial gain. And I'm, I, I, that's not what he's in jail for. Uh, I do think he is a BS artist, um, especially when he claimed to have uh, basically overturned the lockdown here in Alberta. And I, I pulled the transcripts of the court hearing where he claimed mm. and he went on American news and claimed that he was able to prove that they had no evidence of the existence of the COVID-19 virus in Alberta. And he literally misunderstood legal terminology. And so I went and I got those transcripts and I read through them because I don't like people who sell other people false hope. Um, it's snake oil. It's, you know, it's fake faith healers. I don't like it. Um, and so I just, I just read them and I said, he thinks that no material evidence means there's no evidence. And it, what it meant was you're asking us for something that is not relevant to your case, material to the case. And so, um, and the thing is I reached out to him behind the scenes and said, Hey, this is what this actually means. Are you going to correct the record? Or are you just going to mislead people? And I reached out to the American show that it was on and they didn't correct the record and neither did he. And so, um, all that is to say, um, that none of that matters. I think he's not done something that he should be held in jail for this long for. Uh, this is this is insane. I mean, if you are a child abuser, uh, someone who sexually assaults somebody, a murderer, or the guy who drove his Jeep premeditatively into convoy protesters in Winnipeg, the next day that guy's out on jail. Why is Pat King still behind bars? Why is Tamara Leach still behind bars? Yeah. This is, well, it's purely ideological. 100%. And that, that's why it doesn't matter. Sometimes we do have stories passed our way that would be smoking guns, deal breakers, um, the, the evidence you need. And people are very quick to embrace that because it's like, oh, this is what I've been thinking all along. You have to be very critical on those fronts as well. And sometimes yeah. as, as real news, we have to say, sorry, but this one isn't true. Um, we Sometimes we'd like it to be true, but we have to follow the facts wherever they yeah. lead us. Um, sometimes that may not be popular, but I think that is important. But yeah, 100%. What's happening to Pat King uh, is 100% percent ideological and it's a travesty of justice um, and hopefully some justice is, is eventually done on that front yeah I, I think that's the difference between us and the left is we can say this person with whom we disagree um 
we still think that they are entitled to fair treatment under the law and their civil liberties don't change based on my feelings about that person. Whereas Amen. the left, you only get freedom and you only get civil liberties if you agree with them on all points. Anyway, uh, C1CAS gives us a buck and says they're trying to sell Alberta short, ruin the economy here and buy out the oil industry and infrastructure for pennies on the dollar. Um, I don't think they're, I mean, there could be a fire sale in the oil industry, but I don't think Canadian companies will scoop it up. It'll probably be wealthy companies like, you know, a Saudi Aramco. company. Maybe. <laughs> could be Aramco. Um, Pamela for Freedom, because it's 10 bucks, says, thank God for Rebel News. I feel more sane listening to you guys. God bless you all. January 777, you two raised the Rebel live stream bar for others to match. Well, thanks so much. Um, awesome show. Thank you, Sheila and Adam. And I think that catches us all up. Olivia, is that right? Okay. Um, okay, perfect. Friends, if you are averse to nudity the way I am averse to nudity, then I don't know, just we're saying goodbye right now. But if you're not and you want to see what what the big deal is about exposing little people to drag shows... Uh, stay tuned because we've got uh, a clip of just a little tiny person being led around by, again, I say arguably nude, uh, drag person. And I don't know if this is a trans person or a heterosexual lady or a biological lady. It doesn't matter because whether what you're about to see is happening in a drag show or a regular old strip club, the police should be there taking that little child out of there and arresting the parents and everybody involved. Um, so that's what we're going to see next. Uh, I'll sign off before we go. Adam, thanks so much for, uh, taking this wild ride with me today. Thanks to our friends from the Alberta prosperity project for sponsoring the show today. Um, we definitely appreciate that in their attempts to educate Albertans about their rights and a different way forward. Uh, thanks to everybody in the office who, uh, works really hard to put the show together and, does all the things behind the scenes to make sure that you can find the work that we do. Thanks to everybody who clicked, who pitched in to keep the lights on here. And as David Menzies always says, stay sane.